dancer. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of I'm a Pole Dancer, a pole podcast by pole dancers, for pole dancers, and the curious. I am Sari the Scary... Sari the Scary Fairy, <laughs> your host, and today I have Victoria Neftis with me. Say hi! Hi! Hello, how are you? Good, so excited to be here today. Yay. Thank you! Oh no, thank you! Tell us, okay... Who are you? What do you do? Oh, what do I do? I do so many things. It's so hard to narrow it down. So Don't we all? <laughs> for, for the sake of it, I'll say I'm a multifaceted artist, mm-hmm. which sounds extremely pompous. No. But it's just to encompass all that I do. So I am an aerialist. Uh-huh. I do hoop and pull. I'd said about in equal measure and also hammock. Mm-hmm. Um, I am also a belly dancer. Ooh. So I perform at restaurants and weddings, bar mitzvah, you name it, I'll be here. And I am also a teacher. Yeah. So I teach pole dancing um, in various forms, fitness, lyrical. And I also teach belly dancing. Fun. So that's about it. And nice. a competitor, I guess, but aren't we all competitors at some point? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so that's what we're talking about today is teaching pole. And that by the time this episode comes out, it's perfect because last episode I just talked to a baby pole dancer. Oh. So to be able to now segue into teaching, I think is really, really great. Uh, I'm an instructor too. We actually both teach at the same studio. And I think this is a really exciting because you typically teach the more beginner students yes. and I teach more of the advanced students. So I'm really curious to see where this goes. So tell us specifically a little bit more in detail. What classes do you teach? So I teach not exactly the entry level mm-hmm. at the studio, but the, the level up, which is still very beginner. So. Uh, it's called pull 202 and we work mostly on engaging muscles, trying to do pull-ups, um, trying to work on a bit more power spins. Uh, really it's more about understanding how your body functions and like doing a little bit more. And then I also teach the next level up, which is just before the advance that you are teaching. <laughs> and on this one we work, I would say, on the basics. So mm-hmm. climbing, inverting, and everything that will get you upside down. Yeah, oh, we love going upside down. So you also teach lyrical, which you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yes, um, so I know everyone teaches lyrical a little bit differently, uh, but if you go to my classes, what we'll work on is uh, putting together a choreography on a song, so we'll include some tricks. Um, I teach both the beginner and um, intermediate advanced level of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in the beginner one, uh, we stay mostly on the ground, no inversion. And on the advanced one, it's a bit more tricks, but it's not crazy, you know, it's not like doing a a rainbow marchenko, that kind of stuff. (laughs) Inverting to an outside leg hang to something a little bit nice will be our um, hardest thing. And for me, I'd like to pick different styles. So you can do something more classical, more ballet oriented. You can do something a bit more contemporary with uh, flex feet. Only time it is acceptable to have flex feet. It's on purpose, yes. (laughs) But it's on purpose. And I like to do also Latin dancing. So Ah. like ballroom dancing, salsa, cha-cha. We actually had a a cha-cha routine uh, last week, which was so much fun. Um, so yeah, I like to introduce my students not just to one way of moving your body, so like the pretty flowy uh, lyrical, which is often everyone is super sad and you're like having your sad emotions <laughs> out. I'm like, I also want you to express joy oh, and yes. other things. So I guess, yeah, basically that's it. Just putting moves together and finding a fluidity and a musicality. Yes, musicality is so important if you're putting a routine together. It's yeah. it's a very important skill to have. So, okay, what what got you into teaching? What got me into teaching? Oh, such a good question. Well, I first started teaching belly dancing. So, mm. I had like that dance teacher vibe thing. So, mm-hmm. I like to share what I learn and help my students to find their own creativity. And I guess with Paul, it's 
I don't want to say that instructor is the next step when you start pole, but you, a lot of people want to teach because you're so excited about what you're doing that you want to help others, you know, get there. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what's your level, you know, even if you're not like a, a crazy pole dancer that does ironics and jumps and flips and things, you, you know, everyone has something different to offer. Some people will offer you musicality, as we were saying. Some people will offer you working on your transition some people that are extremely gifted gymnasts can oh, yeah. help you work on your tricks i got into teaching because i really wanted yeah to help people get their goals nail their goals and you know have fun and show them that they can do extraordinary things with their bodies in a fun way yes they can i Yeah, I have very similar sentiments because, you know, like I said before, I'm also an instructor, but teach the higher level students, but I I prefer teaching tricks. Um, so it's really fun to be able to teach people these fun little tricks and flips and combos and see them succeed with it. And it's, it's so rewarding to help other people. It's also kind of like you're sharing that love of pole dance with other people yeah. and then accepting that love and then spreading the love even more. That's, That's what such, I find. <laughs> such a nice way of putting things, yes. Yeah, okay. How is it like teaching the the baby students, or like the kind of baby student? Okay, maybe we can compare classes, because yeah. I, I teach the higher level ones. So how do you find teaching the, the beginners? What, what do you... Mm, the beginner, I guess, the beginner might be a bit of pressure. Mm. I mean, advance is also pressure in different ways. It's all ways. pressure, yeah. It's all pressure, but for beginners, like you've got two things you want to make sure that they have a good time and that they're not going to give up mm-hmm. and you want to not mold them but like the challenge is to give them all the, the clues and all the things that they need like to advance mm-hmm. and like for beginners usually you have mostly two type of people i mean you can argue that a lot of types of people that take pole but yeah. you've got mostly people that never done any fitness or anything or that are not like really filming you with workouts and they want to try something fun something mm-hmm. different uh they might have little background in something else they might be people that used to go to the gym as well but people that are complete beginners not much body awareness so you need to like make sure that you help them and you give them everything they need that's really interesting the body awareness so yeah. how do you well pre-COVID times, yes. how would you help them become more body aware? Because there's a lot of muscles in pole dance that we don't, aren't aware of, which when we get to the higher up levels, I find I can say something to a student and it will usually click. But, you know, at the same time, you can be more specific when you get mm-hmm. higher up. And in the beginning, it's really, you're focusing on things like engage your shoulders. Well, I'll let you elaborate on, on that body awareness. Oh, but that, that's exactly what you said. Like, Um, I talk a lot during my classes. <laughs> and, I know Tammy talks, so, so Tammy is the um, founder of, of Tent for Fitness, where we, where we both teach. And she said, like, always talk a lot, but it's true, like, I feel like I spent out of the 55 minutes, probably 45 talking. And I think it's really important whenever you show a move that you really dissect it for yes. the beginners. I mean, even for the higher levels. But as you say, higher levels, people know when you say like, oh, you're going to do this, they understand, oh, I need to engage my core, I need my shoulder to be down, I need this and that. Yeah, that's what I find. Like when I'm walking around and I'm spotting people with these tricks, I'll say engage this. And most of the time they'll get it. Pre-COVID times, I'll be able to poke them with consent. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, okay, this is the muscle I need to engage. But... I like to, I don't know, my students know me. I like to add a little humor to my teaching yeah. style, so. <laughs> It's important. I think humor is great because, I mean, personally for me, if I go to a dance class or a pole class or, or whatever class and then it's very serious, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to get depressed and bored. Oh, no. Like, I'm just going to feel like, oh, this is probably not for me. Like, mm-hmm. this is so serious. This, Yeah, I'm just... But no, isn't it like the thing about pole is that every instructor has all these like weird cues. Like, yes. you know, I say, you know, do a pretty crab dance right yes. now. Like you're a crab on the beach. That's my favorite thing. Or I don't know, like be a, 
a lyrical zombie yeah. some stuff I use. I'm sure you've got plenty of these uh, ones. Yeah, I like to remind my students to have fun. And, okay, this is funny. When I taught the move Gennaro a little while ago in my class, I love Gennaro, but the key to Gennaro is you squeeze your butt. Yeah. So what I did was <laughs> I showed the move and then I told my students the key is, and then I turned around, pointed at my ass, and I was like, <laughs> squeeze your butt. And then I looked at them and said, now when I come around, squeeze your butt trying to get into Gennaro as if you have really bad gas and you don't want me to smell it. And like, <laughs> you can just feel a tension lift in the room. Like, okay, all right, this girl is not. <laughs> I like that. I wanted to say something like this, and I, I didn't. I think I should just go for it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think fart jokes are hilarious. They tend to, people get really like, what? Who is this person? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll try that next time. Do it. Let me yeah. know how it goes. Yeah, because it's, yeah, as you said, with, with baby pole dancers, it's really working on that body awareness, understanding what to engage in when. So when I teach inversion as well, I'm like, well... Teaching inversion is reminding everything. It's like before you take a flight, you're like, buckle your uh, seat belts, put on your whatever, and it's the same. It's like, engage your shoulders, put them down, engage your core, oh. <laughs> put your hands at the level of your eyes. I make a phantom of the opera joke. Yes, I was <laughs> just about to say, it's like a phantom that. joke. Yeah, I think no one got it last time. I was very sad. If I was in your class, I would totally break out into song, but that's just me and my musical theater background. Oh, please do it. <laughs> but yeah, it's... And also, I mean, I know the pointing your toes is a very big debate. On, oh, like, yeah, pointing the, the toes debate. Mm-hmm. Because there's the whole, like... Is, because the toes pointed mostly belong to ballet. So, like, mm-hmm. a certain rigor... And there's this whole conception of, like, colonialism in dancing and sterling to pointing your toes, that it is only acceptable if your toes are pointed. And, for example, in belly dancing, I mean, now it's a bit mixed with ballet and it's like a whole other debate, but it's usually a very earthy dance and your feet are probably Mm -hmm. not pointed. Mm -hmm. And... The fact that you say that point your toes is the best option kind of like put a superiority on like white western dancing above any other type. That is so interesting that you say that and I love that you say that uh, because yeah not all dance styles are the same. Each and every dance style has its own unique thing. One dance style is not superior to another. I also know that everyone has their tiny things they struggle with. Pointing your toes doesn't come naturally to all pole dancers and you might have some of the most advanced people like they have the strength and they have the ability to do all these tricks but gosh darn it pointing those toes can be a struggle and that's just something again it's body awareness but again if you also are doing a routine Mm -hmm. where you are purposefully not pointing your toes yeah i think it's there's a difference between intentionally not pointing your toes versus intentionally pointing your toes versus having a floppy foot that doesn't know what it's doing like when you have a t-rex hand off to the side like i do sometimes when i dance dance with intention yeah i think is really the message we should really try to get across yeah very much and you know that's what i was saying like about so the two types of pole dancers the one that has never done anything and the other is the uh gymnast or ballet dancer most of the time gymnast or ballet dancer but obviously dancers of many other styles also come to pole and that already have like all the cues for body awareness perfect pointed toes amazing flexibility sometimes the only thing they need to is like build their strength mm-hmm. and these people they get advanced like super quickly and for them it's very natural so when you teach these people in beginner levels because obviously you have to start somewhere yeah um it's usually pretty easy and you know you know that they just pass through your class and then they'll be in the higher levels in no time and yeah it's like a completely different thing that you have to teach them because for them it's mostly understanding what muscles to engage when and they know how to engage these muscles yeah was with the baby pole dancer they don't know how to engage the muscles. So when you say engage your core, they're like, 
okay so what now like what does it mean <laughs> so i know like there's the the farting things for the butts uh tammy i like to talk about her because she's got all these like weird cues that i quite enjoy is talking about you know having a milkshake down in your situation area that uh, you're trying to suck yeah. up <laughs> and i think it's pretty good and on that note i just want to talk about something teaching pole dancing and uh, genders and like the vocabulary that you use during your classes i have never thought about that but yeah but it's probably because you're north american so you have yeah. like this awareness of you know every gender is attending your class but um i come from england and france uh -huh. and this is where i started my aerial journey and Uh, obviously these countries are very much aware of uh, trans people, non-binaries and other genders, but it's not as implemented in people's mentality. So I had a lot, I mean, in most of these classes, we were all clear that we were women that identify, you know, as cis women. So it was fine to tell me to put my vagina to the pole. But um, I feel like I would not say anything like that here because, well, first of all, I don't assume people's genders in my of class. And because I don't want anyone, you know, to feel like um, I don't respect them by so using good. something that is not appropriate. And I really like here that people have so many different ways of addressing what's between your legs. So yeah, because sometimes you need to tell people to put what's between your legs on the pole. But like, what word do you use? So yeah, I would I say crotch. Crotch, crotch is, is kind of like a genderless yeah thing between your legs. I like situation. The which, situation, which a good comes one. from Maria, and I say your intersection, like where your legs intersect. Ah, that's great. Because you know, like that also different, like like there's more like the pelvis area, like upper pelvis, or more like your butt. So like they're always different, like places down there. That yeah, the that's pole. very very interesting, and I think yeah, definitely having more of that awareness of yeah. who we're teaching. I yeah, you're right. I've never. I've never said vagina in class before, but it would never come to, like, I would probably go and say situation or crotch or something that doesn't have that yeah. specificity to it. But at the same time, a lot of the moves I've taught don't have it involved the crotch. <laughs> I teach a lot of butt moves, so... Uh, the butt, yeah. Butts are convenient. all genders, so... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing I, I think about in every... Because it's... I, I mean, it's getting natural for me, but mm -hmm. like from the cultures that I come from, it's not really natural to use gender-neutral terms. Interesting. So that's like one thing I'm working on as a teacher is awesome. to always make sure that I use gender-neutral terms. That like, is so great. Whatever I'm doing. It's also like... I like to use hey guys, but I know that it's like a gendered way of addressing people. Oh, but it's like the UK yeah. way, so it's like hey guys, so I'm like, hey people. So nice. I'm like people. I like to address my class when I first started as hey friends. Oh, friends is nice. I just say hey friends, and it's like, you know, I think I do that so that I let my students know I'm friendly and you mm -hmm. can be friendly with me. Oh, that's That's good. okay. Okay, so segueing here how is it i mean you must be there for some pretty major aha moments for some of these students and i can only imagine how heartwarming that is yeah. but also you're there for a lot of other firsts like mm. first big pole bruise first yeah. oh my god the skin hurts my <laughs> pole what is that like i mean also inversions is a pretty big deal yeah and climbing Yeah, all of that. So, yeah, for the bruising, I teach a lot of pole sits. Oh, yes. So, my warning before every of these classes, like, okay, it might hurt. Just, like, so, you know, it's, like, normal. And sometimes you have to tell people that you have to squeeze through the pain. You just have to, like, be in pain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, pole dancing is painful. Yeah, but it, it's kind of weird to tell them, like, because... It's, yeah, it's weird to me to have to say, just, like, accept the pain and go through it, because it's something not natural. Usually when something hurts, you're like, no, 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 don't, don't do it. Like, That's funny, because I typically find with 
my more advanced students, I tell them if something's gonna hurt and I don't have to tiptoe around it. I'm just like, yeah, this is gonna destroy your elbows. Yeah. We're gonna have a great time and leave it at that and everyone just accepts their fate. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't want to scare people. You know, it's like the fine, because with beginners, some of them, they don't, they don't know it's gonna hurt. Yeah, I mean, that's right. They maybe, don't know. Maybe they have an idea. They know like something's gonna happen. But like, for example, the very uh, sensitive skin between your legs mm. is one that hurts a lot. So like people doing Superman, for example. Yeah. It's very often a, a difficult experience. Yeah. I don't know how your first Superman was, but... Painful. Um, I, it's funny, I just talked about that in the last episode with the baby ah. polar. I gave that as a warning to her. And I remember learning Superman, and I said this in the last episode, and I'll say it again. I've never been in a class where everyone's been in so much pain and, like, grabbing mm. their crotch and being like, I hurt so much! <laughs> Uh, but it's it's like a it's a community pain and we're all in pain it's together true. but I've honestly I did Superman like 20 times in one session after that and then I got over it how was your first Superman it was it was <laughs> unsuccessful I mean yeah <laughs> I just unsuccessful said. but um yeah it was not too bad because I guess I did a lot of sits before so my skin oh. was already desensitized in this area um but yeah if you had look i've got pictures of my legs from like the first classes i did i've got very very sensitive skin and mm -hmm. i'm very white and i was covered in bruises but i covered covered like i don't know like something bad happened to me or and people were looking at me in the street like what happened to this yeah person? right <laughs> and like after about two months it disappeared i killed the nerves it was all good yeah but with the superman i really found that the technique is crucial to it because yeah. there's a way of doing it that will not be painful really it's not yeah it's almost <laughs> like not painful because the error that a lot of people do is that when they get in if you get into a superman from an apprentice Uh, which is like the classical way you can do it many other ways that is you've got your outside leg on the pole and the other one is pushing against it straight mm -hmm. um a lot of people what they do is that when they have to like go that leg over the i mean kind of over the pole they rip all of their thigh skin on it instead of like really putting their leg around and into the position i guess that's why the outside leg hang variation is easier getting into superman i find i've i never do the apprentice version but i still it can still hurt on the wrong day yeah i guess with the outside leg it will be the same thing like a very good instructor from london told me that you know you get in your outside leg position you put your bottom arm on the pole mm -hmm. and you start like putting your leg up and down the upper leg so you can see that range of motion and it mm -hmm. shouldn't touch the pole your thigh shouldn't be on the pole that's very true and then you go around and a lot of people want i mean it's normal at the beginning you want to force yourself into moves like whatever the move is like yep. inversion things like everything yeah will force it and people like just force their thigh and then it's just like go into that skin and I can see like your skin is like wrinkling and that's the moment where you can feel the worst pain ever yeah uh, I mean there are a lot of like skin pains and pulls that I think you know between your legs is as yeah you said, the well worst. baby pullers take note from an instructor on how to do superman you can take notes on this podcast lock them away in your memory so when you do your first superman be like uh-huh this is why this hurts so much <laughs> <laughs> so with pole dancers how do you handle defeat in your class i oh. find that's a that's a tough one because you really want to try to put a positive vibe in all of your classes especially with beginners you don't want them to feel scared or discouraged mm -hmm. i feel like with my students they will become discouraged but it there's not as much of a threat of them just quitting pole dance because they feel defeated but how do you handle that with your students Yeah, that is a very hard question. Um, well, I'm a very big cheerleader. I spend Yay! all of my class telling people that they're amazing. I think every word I say before anyone says something, I really think that everyone is amazing in my classes. Yes. When I say something, I mean it. 
But it's true that, you know, sometimes you've got a bad day or sometimes a move doesn't work and um, sometimes the student doesn't get any of the thing from the move and you're like, well, how do I address things and don't make them feel discouraged? So usually I will, if it's in a, so let's call it pole fitness class when it's learning tricks, I will say like work on this particular thing. So for example, mm-hmm. if we're doing a spin and there's like a particular leg movement to it i'm like well work on the spin first like make sure that you get that spin perfect and mm-hmm. then you can add the leg so i will yeah try to pinpoint something they can work on and usually that will work and they will feel a sense of achievement because they managed to do one thing and if it's more in a dance class lyrical and i've shown a move but you know it doesn't work for them and it it kind of like jeopardize the choreography somehow the routine or like you know the happiness of like being able to yeah have something filmed and putting on instagram or like you know have something for themselves and they're like oh i managed to do everything i'll give a variation of like something easier so usually in these classes i have one move prepared and i've got one harder variation and one easier variation oh gotcha so that everyone gets something out of it Mm -hmm. and that no one feels that their choreography is ruined because they didn't get the move. You know, that's funny. I it's With just the tricks that I teach as well, when I teach them, I try my best to pick tricks that have different levels of difficulty. Um, then again, as many of my students know, I like to teach the moves that are questionable. That hurts. That hurts. <laughs> they Like, you look at the pole and go, how the fuck are you hanging on? What do you do? Like... Dangerous Bird nice. is a fun one. Um, uh, you know, like Gennaro is another questionable move one. Batwing. Oh, Batwing. <laughs> I taught that recently. That was a great class. It was great. I like to teach Elbow Destroyers. So, but like, yeah, and I guess in my class too with handling defeat, it's really a matter of I, whenever I go around the room and I and I watch each student do the trick, I always say something positive. And this is coming from my own dance background. I went to musical theater school, so doing that, I've had a lot of dance teachers. And I personally hate it. I hate being called out in front of everyone yeah. in the room. I hate it when the teacher comes by and says, you're doing this wrong, or you're, and they're just... It's like, you're bad, 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 bad. And that has always weighed down on me. And that was really mentally challenging for me when I went through dance classes. So becoming an instructor, I said, okay, I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do is I'm always going to find something positive to say to encourage my student. Like, you did this, you did this, and that's great. Okay, now work on this. And just finding those successes. And I typically find that I, a lot of students, I do my best to cheer them up. And most of the times it works. And they're like, oh, thank you so much for the encouragement. And I'm like, yes! Because I want, I don't know, everyone's learning style is different. Some t- some people learn from being yelled at, but that's not me. That's <laughs> not me. I, I, I know I believe in kindness and warmth and supportiveness. And everyone's journey is different. So you can't. I don't know, I just think yelling at people to get things is wrong. Yeah. But that's just me. Well, I 100% agree with everything you said. Because, <laughs> I mean, some people, they like to learn the hard way, as you said. Like, yeah. Like, they like tough learning. But I don't want to perpetuate this uh, type of learning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I respect people right now that learn through that. But as you said, like, I prefer kindness. And, yeah, one thing I always hated in dance classes was to be called out in front of the whole room and it happened to me recently oh no (laughs) i'm not gonna say who where what no no yeah but there was like this dance class i was in and this so i was in a room first of all with people i didn't really know and like most of them knew each other and the teacher was like no no victoria you need to do it this way this way (gasps) like and as an instructor, I think it's very important to, or dance teacher, to tell, you know, when a move is not done correctly. But to me, it feels like the most awful, I mean, I'm sure you it understand. Is, yeah. The most awful feeling when someone is calling out your name in front of everyone and telling you that you're doing it wrong. So It's like a good way to make me cry. I, I've, yeah. I've had that happen in dance classes so many times and I've just like been dancing and tears welding up in my eyes and I'm like, fuck this, I don't want to do yeah. this anymore. 
And especially because, I mean, little sidetrack here, but um, I'm not very good at learning dance in classes, that mm. it's not a very good system for me because of how I perceive my body and body awareness and I found that I detach myself from my body when I'm in a dance class that's mm -hmm. my own problem so I lose a lot of body awareness and I need to not have a mirror in front of me and like feel the thing so like when this person told me like oh Victoria you're not doing it properly I was like oh so what I do in my classes like for example for belly fit which is uh, a format where um everyone is behind me I'm in the front we have the mirror in front of us and I will like teach some of the moves like belly rolls or like um working on hip stuff mm -hmm. instead of calling someone's name or saying mm -hmm. like you're doing it wrong mm -hmm. which is I think terrible what I will do is that I will give extra cues about this exact person where something is not going like well so that maybe it will like they will understand and usually it works like for example I choose shoulder shimmies and like some people don't really understand like how to move like their shoulder front and back mm -hmm. so I, I scan the room like in the mirror and if I see like someone where I can see something is not like working I'll be like put your shoulder up and down but it's it's like screaming it's a it generalization to, to yeah room. or um you know someone was uh what was it uh moving the hips too forward so I'll same like there's the music on we're all doing the thing I'm like okay so let's do a few more circle make sure that you put your hips forward yeah so when you're in a classroom setting and you can't walk around the room quite yet because you're all dancing at the same time I find just general cues and reminders to everyone is like a yeah. generalized statement yeah. as opposed to being like you in the back with this you're yeah. doing it wrong but by saying hey oh just as a reminder do this yeah um i also find sometimes when i'm teaching i will there will be specific things that students are like they all are struggling with so like i'll go to one student and i'm like oh you need like do this and i'll go to the next student i'll say the same thing and i'll be like uh-huh and then i'll actually go out and say it to the whole class and be like oh just as like a reminder guys i just realized this might actually help you quite a bit so then i don't have to repeat myself to every student yeah. but do it in a way where you're like this person did it wrong so don't you guys do it wrong but do it in a way of like oh actually this is a really great reminder and yeah. just make sure that you all are doing this um and because this will all help you succeed i mean i just firmly believe in positive reinforcement but yes. again that just comes from my own background well i agree with that and i think that if there are any instructors listening to us be kind to your students because we also uh, we are instructors but we also are students i mean are we all students you know we take workshops mm -hmm. we take things so mm -hmm. even if you're teaching some very advanced people and you're listening to this podcast make sure that you're always kind to them and you've got you know some positivity when you have to make some uh comments about what they're doing yes yeah, so also like thing i learned from other instructors is whenever you go around the class turn the music up first because it's nice because people are like pumped by the music mm -hmm. and then because people don't uh hear the comments that you make to students that um are very struggling so and also that they don't feel like everyone mm -hmm. in the classroom hears that okay uh you didn't do this pro i mean i wouldn't say like you didn't do this properly but you know it can feel a bit intimidating if right. you know, the teacher is next to you and they're telling you what you did wrong so that you know they can help you and stuff and then I, yeah I'm guilty of forgetting to turn the music up right now because of COVID mm. we're all wearing masks so yes. I always get the comment from my students like can you turn the music down I can't hear you uh. I'm like oh sorry so but yeah no music really really helps um okay I want to ask you quickly before we start segueing some more here what's your favorite thing to teach oh so hard I think inverting because yeah, it's, it's a, a big, big moment yeah because you were <laughs> i realized like we've been side um talking a lot because you're no, asking me good. about the haha -ha, uh, moments and of success and we talk a lot about helping people with their uh, struggles but not about like what you do when someone succeeds and it's the best moment and like yes. invert i mean obviously climbing as well is super important but 
when people start to go upside down, it's like a whole new world yes. is in front of you and like, you know, so many things that you can do and, you know, it's it's a very big moment. So mm-hmm. I really like teaching that because it's the, I want to say it's the foundation, but you can agree or disagree with I, that. Yeah, inverting is very important. It's one of the foundation of pole and, you know, to get these people, I sometimes I literally supporting their bottom up. Yes, <laughs> you, need, you need a, a little bit uh, bottom up uh, help, and it's just magical when you know you see people smile and success, Yay. and they're like holding themselves up in a stratum, and like yeah, they're up. Or oh, sometimes you have to tell them you're up, you're up, yes. You're up. And this is yeah, I think it's my favorite things to teach because you know wherever you are, you know working on inversion is. Yeah, it's a big moment. Okay, How opposite. Oh, my favorite thing. Janeiro? Mm. I love, <laughs> yeah, I love teaching those. Oh, gosh. Honestly, yeah, I mean, my, my classes are kind of designed with a lot of my favorite tricks, and I think my students know that. But I, I love teaching those tricks where it's like, how do you hold on to that pole with that one leg? And then mm. when students do it, they're like, oh, so that's how you do it. And like, I like teaching scary moves. That's why I'm Sari the Scary Fairy. Yeah. Uh, scary moves I find are really, there's a huge misconception with them. Like, mm. yes, they're scary and they're scary for good, many good reasons. But when you have that moment of, oh, I can do this. It's such a beautiful moment. Okay, I'm going to ask the opposite now. Yeah. What's your, like, biggest fear that would happen during a class? Or, like, what 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 is something mm. that you're afraid of? Well, I guess because I'm not teaching as advanced move as you are. I mean, I, I'm mm-hmm. sure that one of your biggest fears is someone hurting themselves yes. really badly. I'm terrified of that. Uh, someone falling on their head. Um, yes. That kind of stuff. For me, luckily, because, I mean, uh, well, in, in advanced lyrical, like, yeah, people could fall on their head. But usually I, I don't do anything, like, crazy. So yeah. I'm not too worried about that. Mostly I'm worried about people feeling defeated, mm. uh, walking out of the class, uh, not having a good moment. And then personally, people just, yeah, not enjoying my class. And, yeah. Um, you know, it's part, kind of a scary thing about being an instructor is obviously not everyone is going to like you. It's normal. Everyone yeah. has a different um, teaching system, learning ways. So you can't appeal to everyone. And that's totally fine. But there's a difference between not appealing to everyone and someone really hating your class yeah. or telling you that you're not a good instructor. Mm. Yeah, actually, and that resonates with me so much. Like, it's yeah. a big fear. I think that's, well, my personal biggest fear when I'm in class, yeah, is that someone is not going to get something out of it and feel like they've spent the worst one hour of their day, week, <laughs> year. Uh, but yeah, then, like, move-wise... I think, um, yeah, I don't have the scare, but I, I guess for you, it's more about someone breaking their leg. Or... Yeah, for me, especially right now with COVID and because we can't touch anyone, like I can't, when I start to do my spots in quotation marks right mm-hmm. now, I go around the room and I tell them I'm going to socially distance, like cheer you on. But I can't touch you. And I tell my students that I remind them every single class. And of course, we're recording this during COVID. So I always, always, always tell them I, I can't touch you. So if you need to bail out of a move, bail. Like if you don't think you can do it, do not do the full thing. I would rather you learn the setup and feel comfortable with that than say fuck it and do the whole move and then hurt yourself because I can't hold you up. So teaching during this time is also just a really tricky thing because spotting is very different. But yeah, I I do very much fear someone falling and hurting themselves. It's a scary thought that someone, like that would just break my heart if someone really seriously hurt themselves because of, of me. I 
I wouldn't want that at all. I mean, there's going to be other injuries, like people are going to bruise themselves, they might pull a muscle, those ones, like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it, it happens, but yeah, someone's spraining something, ooh. or breaking something, or getting a concussion, I think those are like my top three, I'm scared. Crash uh, mats! Crash mats! Oh, I crash mean, mats. I, I keep repeating this too. <laughs> I'm a big fan of crash mats because yeah. even if I may not need it, I think mm-hmm. that having the safety and yeah, psychological safety of if anything happens for any reason, that'll yeah. be a comfortable thing on the floor <laughs> to get my landing. Yeah. Oh, actually, speaking of fun moves to teach um, and crash mats, this is a move you can't really do with a crash mat, but it's fun to teach. I like teaching suicide spin. Ah, yes. You can't really do that. I mean, you're already on the floor when you do that. Yeah. But the wind up to it and people like going, yeah. beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, just on a random sidetrack there, suicide spin's really fun to teach. It is really. And when you get it, it's also like. Oh, it's so really, freeing. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly freeing. Yeah. Yeah, but have a crash mat. Crash mats. When I teach inversion, I mean, you're not going to really hurt yourself, but, you know, you can slam your feet on the floor or have, Ooh. like, a, a little bum crashing on the floor, and it's not really pleasant. I mean, it's not going to hurt you a lot, but it's not a really pleasant pain. So mm-hmm. I always tell my students, get your crash mats. Yay! And also one thing I always teach them is, as you said, like, sometimes it's better to get the setup or get, like, the baby version of something. Yes. Then do the full thing, but not do it properly. Yes. And that's one thing that I often teach with my yeah, inversion class. It's, mm-hmm. it's better if you do it lower from the floor. I mean, it's kind of an awkward lunge position you're in, but yeah. you're going to learn to engage your muscle properly. Mm-hmm. You're going to... Um, you're going to learn to use your core yep. and not use momentum because uh, some places I've been to, some place in um, yeah, in some other countries where uh, people were taught how to do inversions, like kicking with momentum. And of course everyone wants to go upside down. Yeah. I mean, isn't it one of the funniest thing you can do in pole? But you want to do it safely and you mm-hmm. want to do it properly because also if you start doing a move not properly um it will be engraved in your mind and you'll keep doing it and yeah. you're not going to learn um how to do it properly and then when you do something a bit harder that requires maybe the same move it's not going to work because mm-hmm. you didn't learn how to do it especially with inversions and when you say kicking into it mm-hmm. versus engaging into it if you engrave into your mind kicking into it from the floor, yeah. how are you going to invert from up the pole when yeah. you don't have a floor to kick off of? It's so important to learn how to do some of those things properly first. Exactly. And it's like one one thing that I really appreciate about the studio where we teach is that it's really well done in terms of uh, taking baby polers to advanced. Mm-hmm. Um, or to intermediates and that you know some of the most foundation moves I taught in a way where you can really work on them and you're not just like thrown into the jungle with like okay invert like kick into it yeah and yeah that's like one thing that I'm really grateful for is mm-hmm. to work in this environment where people learn to do that and there's one thing I know a lot of people like to kick into the handspring I understand that's like one thing that they like to do because it's cool to kick into handspring. Handspring is a little different. If yeah. you understand where your muscle, like how you engage your muscle, actually, it's fine. But I've seen a lot of people not quite ready and they will straight learn like how to kick into the handspring. Oh, and their core's not stable. Yeah. They fall over. Oh, that's and what you mean. Yeah. I was, I, I, <laughs> I listened very much to um, Hannah from London Dance Academy. Hi, if you ever listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, she's muscling up goals and she's so strong and she's like, no kick up. And for everything, she's no kick up. No kick up into a handspring, no kick up into an inversion, no kick up into her shoulder mounts. I mean, she might accept it like like half kick up if you're like learning the trick, but whenever we're doing conditioning or muscling up, it's learn to engage your core, 
baby version is better than like full cake and no muscling. Okay, but handspring here. I'm gonna play devil's advocate because handspring. I'm I'm gonna go back on my word here. Uh, That's one where you might want to kick up into it, but keep your core engaged because if you're not kicking up into it, isn't that a deadlift? Yeah, but isn't it what you want to do? I mean, I want to do a deadlift, (laughs) but that's not like you don't have to be able to do a deadlift. (laughs) Like, I feel like that's crazy advanced for some. Like for me, I can't deadlift. I need that. But you can also kick into a handspring from halfway up the pole. That's possible. Yeah, that's... Ha- handspring is a whole other debate that you can have. Like, yeah. kick into it or not, because a deadlift has a different name yeah. than handspring. <laughs> well, that's, like, the one thing where so many teachers have, like, different views on it. Mm-hmm. So, I guess... And it's also a debate about, you know, muscle engagement, uh, mobility, and all of that. So, I am strongly on my stance of like no kicking so i don't think you'll ever see me kicking into a handspring also because so you're saying you deadlift i still work on my deadlift oh okay i'm not like extremely good at it it's it's a very hard move for me but i i don't want to kick into it also because Mm -hmm. um hyperextension of my elbows Okay. So for me, it's like, I mean, a lot of people have hyperextension and it's one thing that... I have it in my elbows, too. You often want to address and I actually um, sprained, yeah, is it the term? I mean, I almost like completely uh, got rid of one of my ligaments uh, oh, through no. an elbow Ayesha because I lost balance. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go into the story, but <laughs> long story short... Um, yeah, it can be very difficult if you um, have hyperextension in your elbows and you're doing any handspring moves. So you need to make sure that you engage everything properly, mm-hmm. that you are completely aware of what your body is doing, that okay. your core is like concrete when you're in the move, etc. Yep. And um, I also find personally that if I want to do a kick into a handspring or everything, that my bottom arm will not be properly engage uh, uh, because there's like this momentum was like if I work on my deadlift like both of my arms are locked in the proper place interesting well guys let us let me know let us know in the kick comments or no kick. kick up or no kick up into handspring you you let us know Okay, so I think we're going to segue into a game. Yeah! Okay, so the game is called Guess That Pole Move. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to show Victoria a pole move. I will tell you guys what it is so you can look it up on Instagram ahead of time. And then uh, Victoria here has to guess what it's called. Okay, guys, so the move that I'm going to show Victoria is called a unicorn split. So if you want to look it up on Instagram, look up PD unicorn split. Okay. All right. All right. This is the move. Ooh. Um, what, in your own words, what, what does it describe what it looks like? Um, can I describe how you would get into it? You, or? whatever you want. <laughs> um, I guess if I had to like give a name to it, because everything has a thousand names as well. And yeah. so it's like, a python with an extended leg. Okay. Or a half plus sign with an extended leg. But basically, I'd say that you would have to invert into a move. That you would hook your outside leg. Then your inside leg would go on the pole like a cupid. Then you would grab the pole with your um wait <laughs> your bottom elbow would grab the pole okay and then you would go to your side with your hands so like like if you're on the floor and you're stretching um your side splits and you're oh, your straddle yeah. and you want to grab your foot so you would grab your foot and then when your foot is your bottom foot is grabbed and your elbow is properly locked you would take off um, the upper leg and you would keep your knee on the pole but uh, your foot would be away from the pole. Alright. <laughs> what do you think it's called? Uh, a... If you had to name it, what would you name it? 
I would say a middle spitz python or a straddle python. Okay, okay. I think straddle python's cool. What what is it? It's called a unicorn split. Ah. Yeah, I actually just found this move last night as so I was nice. perusing Instagram to show you a trick and it popped up as like a new move and I was like uh, yeah, I'm going to show that to Love her. That. Yeah, I actually want to try it myself. But uh, it's it's pretty, isn't it? I don't, it's, it's so pretty. I don't see the unicorn part of it, to be honest. Because the unicorn is the same thing, but uh, upright. Oh, I had no idea that there was a move called unicorn. Yeah, so oh. the unicorn is like uh, you're in a genie and uh, you grab the if I'm correct with the opposite arm of uh, the bottom leg and then you extend your upper leg and that because uh, it looks like you've got a horn like a unicorn oh, 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 oh. okay now this is making sense okay cool well, that was so fun that's fun awesome well thank you so much for joining where can we find you on the internet so on the internet, you can find me mostly on Instagram at Victoria underscore Neftis. I know everyone is like, how do you pronounce that word <laughs> when they see it? So it's N-E-P-H-T-H-Y-S. She's a goddess of the underworld in the Egyptian mythology. She's pretty badass. And Love it. I inspire to be like her. Amazing. And Victoria, what are you? I'm a pole dancer! Yay!